Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here, and you're in for a special surprise because we got echoes in the background. Ryan, turn that off. <laughs> so two things we have today. One is we have uh, Rhett, <coughs> our guest Rhett. Uh, Rhett's been pretty much going out there and crushing it. Uh, let's see, he's gone out there, he's created a book, he's been doing a little tour and everything. You can find him at uh, rhettpower.com. And we also have Ryan Fulton, my business partner over at Influence Tree. So if you ever want like entrepreneurial habits, Brett created a whole book about that. Uh, Brett, why don't you take it, uh, take it away a little bit and talk a little bit about that book you've created. Well, hey, guys, it's great to be on the show. It's uh, great to talk to you again. And, you know, I appreciate the opportunity to come on today. And, you know, the book, you know, I, 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 the, my, story, my, my story is that I started a company in 2007 it was a consumer product company. We, we exited that company two years ago. And, you know, I learned, and I've been involved in several startups, and I learned so many valuable lessons that helped us make those companies successful. And, and, and I, the book was really about giving people a chance to sort of learn from all the mistakes that we made and, and to get a better understanding. You know, I, you hear a lot of people out there talk about follow your dream and, and, you know, find what you're passionate about. But, but there's can I nothing tell you my passion? on... What's that? Can I, can I tell you my passion? Yes. It's laying in bed and watching TV. Can I tell you what my dreams are about? <laughs> <laughs> well, how would you... I, 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 I can see. My, mine would be laying on a beach somewhere, honestly. Oh, nice. Um with somebody bringing me little things on skewers and then drinks Ooh, with little un, with little cool. umbrellas in them, but nice. we gotta we gotta all work to get there, right? Oh right? yeah. Someday when and you want to just lay in your my bed, dreams, my dreams are playing with horsies. Horsey, nay nay. <laughs> oh, you're funny, man. You're funny. Um, go go on. No, look. I, yeah, no, no. It's, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had to interrupt That's you for what, that moment. I'm like, passion, I got that. But you know, we hear so much about passion, right? Everybody talks about passion, and, and it's, I think it's such a cliche now because nobody's really talking, I mean, very few people talk about the how. You know, how do you do all that? How do you, how does that happen for, how do people become successful? Um, and, and everybody's got a different definition of success, I guess. But, you know, for me, uh, there are several habits. I have the worst case of ADD or ADHD that a person probably could have. I probably should be medicated for it. But, you know, I've had to have, like, several things that just keep me focused on. And the, and the book is about all those tools that I use to stay focused on what's really important uh, so that we can get the, the business done. We could, we could go out and sell our products, and we could keep straight. Uh, and focus on what we really wanted to achieve and, and focus on our dream and focus on our goals. And once you learn how to do all those things and you learn how to do them effectively, you know, success is, is, can be yours. Anybody can do it. If I can, if I can run a multi-million dollar company, 
from nothing, start a multi-million dollar company from nothing, so can you. Oh, wow. That's pretty amazing, especially that you were able to create that kind of toy revolution. Ryan, what's your favorite toy? My favorite toy is my skateboard. Oh, cool. Did you make skateboards at your factory, Rhett? I did not because there were many more people... There were many people who did that better, right? So, what kind of toys did you make? I had the the worst sense of balance. So, anytime I get on a skateboard, there's a trip to the ER not far behind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And as I get older, you know, those trips to the ER, um, well, they're not as, they, 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 you know, things hurt now really bad. So, oh, yeah. so you, you had mentioned, I've got a question for you. You mentioned that, you know, anybody can, can be successful in that respect. Are there certain traits or qualities that make you more prone to that success? Not necessarily the successes or failures, but are there certain traits that people listening can think, whoa, that sounds like me. Maybe I'm more apt to find that kind of success in an entrepreneurial adventure. Yeah, like I'm looking at yeah, me I, and I'm like, oh, Leonard's pretty lazy. He likes to lay around and do nothing. He eats whenever he has a chance, doesn't do anything that's really health-related. Can a guy like Leonard achieve success? Yeah, because you have, because you're none of those oh. things. <laughs> right? You like to play like, as if you're lazy. You like to pretend that you don't like to work hard, but you do, man. Come on. I, I uh, do? You absolutely do. Huh? Who likes to work hard? Yeah, you... Who likes to work hard? No one likes to work hard. Oh, but you you work hard, Leonard. You can't tell me you don't work hard. Okay. You can't tell me. I won't tell you. you can't tell I won't me. tell you I don't work hard. I'll just tell Ryan I don't work hard. Maybe he'll listen. <laughs> See, I think you pretend that you don't work hard, but I know you work hard. Cause you, look at what you've accomplished. Look at the both of you have accomplished. No, uh, you know, to answer the question, I think, I think discipline... Is, is really key. I think perseverance, I mean, you know, Leonard, your story is incredible about perseverance. And the, the TED Talk that you just did was really, was really you know, uh, incredible in that sense. Um, you know, Thank you. I think but, but perseverance is, is one of those things when, I, and I remember when I was living in my van and, you know, the, the business wasn't going very well and you could see failure right there. You know, you had, you can look at your bank account, see failure right there. Um, when, when everything was really going wrong, what is it? What is that thing that keeps people going? Right. What is that thing that keeps people driving forward? Um, and I think that's just one of those intangible qualities that of, of successful people that you, that's, that's there. So I think that's really one of those necessities. I think the willingness to sacrifice, I mean, again, Mm. I, when we started the company, I gave up a, a stable, really well-paying job uh, with insurance and, you know, the, no bills and the ability to travel and, and basically do what I want when I wanted to do it, to put all of that on the line and, and willingness to give up, you know, because, again, this whole notion of work-life balance, I think, is ridiculous, honestly, because you've got to be willing to put in the work to make it, to make things happen in general. And so you got to be willing to give up all that and sacrifice, I think. Um, and then I, the other word, the other thing was the discipline. And I think one of the things I, you know, cause I, I coach a lot of entrepreneurs and one of the fine, the things I find is that 
being able to understand really what the, the discipline to understand what's really important and to still mm-hmm. find to find the the things that are absolutely important to focus on and spending your time on that and dedicating your time to that and all the other nonsense, getting rid of it in your life. Um, mm. Like I, we all have those friends, right. That are drained and uh, they're drained on us emotionally. Um, you know, getting the things in your life out of, out of your life that really don't help you get to where you want to go. I think is something that people struggle with are focusing on the right business stuff. That's important. Um, so th- those are things I think are, are the sort of those things that really help you get to where you want to go and be successful, whatever that means for you. And I think one of the, one of the elements that Leonard might have indirectly been alluding to is a sense of humor. Uh, I think not taking yourself too seriously, uh, maybe, maybe that's, I'm just thinking, I'm, you know, cause he is lazy and he doesn't want to work. But when he works, he see, does see? great work. <laughs> well, this is the truth. But, like, uh, you know, I can tell you personally, when we work, half the time we're laughing. And we, we, we are either making fun of ourselves yeah. or making fun of the situation. And I think that, you know, yes, resiliency, knowing how to prioritize, surrounding yourself with the right people. But one of the reasons I enjoy working with Leonard is that we never are too serious. Uh, and we usually are poking fun at each other, sometimes our clients. <laughs> But uh, but it's tell them that. it makes it it makes <laughs> it enjoyable. So I, doesn't it take yeah, stress he, away though? It does. It completely de-stresses when things are tense, right? It's yeah. incredible. Sometimes I'll be on a call with Leonard and we'll work like via Google Docs or something, and uh, and my lady will be in the house, and half the time we're just like laughing or it's just like a constant giggle or we're just like just completely erupting, and she'll come over and she'll just be like. I thought you were working. I'm like, I am. <laughs> this is what we do. Other times so, we'll be on the phone with our client and we'll be like, hey, hey, man, I got a really, really important question for you. What's the best barbecue place in Texas? <laughs> so I think, that, I think that being lighthearted in a situation where you are devoting hours of uh, your day and, and years of your life to something that could potentially just be destined to fail like most startups. But if you go down, uh, I, I guess there's an idea of going down swinging, but if you go down swinging and laughing, it makes the whole going, <laughs> going under a lot more enjoyable. And, and oftentimes it's that, um, I guess the culture that you create within your environment that makes the work manageable because I have to slightly disagree with the whole forget about the work life balance. Cause that's so important. But if you try to balance when you're working, then you can sort of have this, you know, work, work, life balance, I guess. Yeah, I don't, don't get me wrong. I don't think you need to give up your, the things that you love to do. Like, you know, I think one of the things I was really terrible at um, was stopping work, right? I, I, I'm, I can easily work until we could eat. When we, when we were in the throes of that business, starting that business, you know, we, I could have worked. 24 hours a day because I felt that connected or that emotional or that attached to what I was doing. And I had no option because we had put in everything that we had. And, you know, I had a baby on the way and all that kind of stuff. And so the pressure was there. I mean, I didn't, I don't think I learned that, that, that you do have to make time for all the other stuff that's important. And you're right. But I do think you have to you do have to be willing to give up your time. Hello? Are you there, Rhett? 
I think that was a dramatic pause. Yeah. You just you have to give give up your time, and then you just stop. Like no, it was, no, no, it was no. I think <laughs> I lost connection there for a second. I lost the signal. Sorry about that, guys. But um, in the main no, I agree with you. You do have to you do have to find things that you love, and you have to do that stuff. You have to have friendships. You have to, um, we used to force each other. It's a party. We got a whole group of people here now. Yay. Yeah, it's, it's so popular. Everybody wants to join in. I'm oh, curious yeah. to know what I'm curious to know your opinion of, of how personal branding uh, and influence ties into being an entrepreneur. Because I think people listening are curious about becoming an influencer, and usually you have to build a brand before that. But sometimes people get stuck on stupid when it comes to their company and focus everything on their business brand. So, what is your your opinion on the, the balance between your personal brand and your company brand as you're getting going to build personal influence and influence with your company? I, I think since Brett's not answering, sound more like Brett. Huh? I was going to say, you can do a, an impersonation of your guest. Like you, you, you know, oh, okay. you could, uh, Sure. Yeah, pretend like I'm back. So, oh, okay, you're back. You're back. <laughs> I don't have to answer this question I got cut anymore. Off. Did you hear? Did you hear the question of uh, the most recent question? No, I did not. I got okay. I, so uh, I missed this it. show, sure. This show being all about influence and personal branding. My question to you is um, the relationship and order of branding yourself, branding your company, and gaining influence. Do you see the need, and in your own experience, did you really focus on building your brand first, or did you focus on your company, or both at the same time? Because that's, that's a question we get asked all the time is, why would I brand myself when I have a company? I'm curious your thoughts. Yeah. No, I, I hear that a lot, too. And, you know, when, I, when we started the company, uh, we didn't have, you know, the iPhone wasn't even out. Facebook was... Uh, you know, barely any, I mean, it wasn't important. You know, the uh, social media was, was, was just, uh, it was brand new, right? Maybe MySpace was around. And, and so the idea back then, and then this uh, back then, and we're talking 10 years ago, you know, back then the idea of personal branding, I don't think I'd ever heard the expression, right? And I think we we completely focused on branding the company, uh, just, I mean, that was where our marketing was. And it wasn't even so much about branding the company as, as we were doing a lot of trade publications. So we were even breaking down and narrowing our focus with our marketing efforts. Even, you know, it was, it was very, very narrow. Uh, but, you know, obviously now you, you've got to have a strategy for marketing uh, yourself and, and your brand and, and building your influence. I think it is equal to that of, particularly if you're an entrepreneur, equal to that of, of your company. Uh, because I, I always think you have to start, you always have to think about what's next and beyond your company. And I think having a brand out there is really, really, really important. And at the same time, as you're doing it, it helps your company, right? So I don't know which one you'd put first, but I think they're equal. So you think in today's time you need both a company brand and a personal brand and you need to go equally push it out there? Absolutely. I mean, I think beyond a doubt, uh, because like you said earlier, you know, Ryan, I think, you know, most businesses fail, right? 
most startups, most most first comp- people who start their first companies, uh, they fail. And so the more that you can work on your personal brand, I think, number one, is a little bit of insurance for you, for yourself. You know, if you're seen as a thought leader, if you're seen as uh, a leader in an industry, you know, you can pave your way if you have a platform. I mean, it, it's, it gives you a way to to move on to what's next. At the same time, even if your company is successful, um, you can use that in your, you know, to, to sort of promote your brand, so promote yourself. So I, I think gotcha. it's so here, hand so, in hand. So here, I think your strategy. I think the strategy has to be developed when you when you're thinking of it. Yeah, that's the when you're thinking of it, I think you have to have to strategize around doing both. So that's an awesome is, tip, and we really do appreciate it. Right now, we're going to have to hop to a commercial break, but we'll get right back to it after this commercial break. Uh, you can find Red Power. And you can find Ryan at Ryan Folan, and you can find me at LeonardKim.com. And that's where all three of us are, and we're all part of the for some Brandon Zones. <laughs> Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel hear the stories be motivated be inspired join us today voice america influencers this is grow your influence tree to reach leonard kim or his guest call into the program at 1-866-472-5795 That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Leonard Kim here, back with my business partner, Ryan Fullen, and our special guest for the day, Rhett Power, the author of the Entrepreneurial Habits of Something Something Book. Uh, I think (laughs) Rhett knows the title of his book better than I do. (laughs) Can you say the title of your book? I think you got this a lot better than I did. <laughs> the Entrepreneurship Book of Action. Yeah, the, yeah, you can, entre- you- yeah that habit of action. <laughs> it's a great book. I got a signed copy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to guess unless it is a cupcake or is on TV, Leonard, you probably haven't read it yet. I, I, I uh, opened it and saw my autograph. <laughs> And I was like, oh, cool, have it. I got this. No, I I'll give you the audio version. I'll send you a link. I have it to read. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Send the audio version with a cupcake, and Leonard is more likely to look at it. That's just a general rule. And that is awesome. Right? That, so that's, a, I know the way to, his, I way to his heart now is through a cupcake. <laughs> oh, so yeah. here's, a pop question. Here, here's a pop question for you. True or false, everyone has a personal brand. Uh, true. Okay. And why so? What about somebody who says, I don't have a personal brand? 
well, they've let somebody else define what that brand is or what, you know, some of us think of it as our title. I, I, always, I hate the question, what do you do? Like, I think that's an awful question um, because most people, you know, you can't answer that question. So, but I think people yeah. are defined by what they do or what their job is. Or, I think that sort of defines most people, right? I can tell most you exactly take what I do. Their, what do you do, man? What do you Hey, man, what do you do? Uh, I look at my phone right now, scrolling through Facebook while on the radio, talking to Brett and Ryan. That's what I do. <laughs> so here's the thing. Right right? Now. This is what Leonard, or that's what I'm doing. When it, <laughs> whenever somebody asks Leonard what he does, he actually just takes I can only a snapshot imagine. of time. No, and what, whatever he's doing at that moment in time, that's what he answers with. So if he's petting puppies, he'd be like, oh, I pet puppies. Or, oh, I scroll through my Facebook while I have, you know, two people live on air in a radio show. That's, that's what I do. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I wish you had some puppies, Leonard. I'm really disappointed that we don't have puppies on the show today. Dude. You, prom- Ryan, you promised me puppies today. Notes. Hey, so what's a better question to ask somebody than what they do? Is there a magic trick to that? Is there a hack? Oh, wow. That's a freaking good question um because so, if you if you don't like somebody asking you what you do what would you prefer <laughs> i mean we can round table this it's not that you're on the hot seat uh, and we know leonard's just looking at a facebook feed so it's pretty much just you and me here <laughs> <laughs> no 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 uh, i'm here i would ask oh, okay. you for fun okay so let's, let's um, think of some alternative let's think of some alternative who, questions to ask people who are you or um what do you like? Or, um, I don't know. That's a great question. I've never really thought about what I would prefer somebody to ask me. I just What's the most amazing thing you did in the last 24 hours? There you go. Or maybe I need One to think that, of more creative ways, more creative ways to answer it. I mean, maybe go with Leonard's approach. I, I kind of like that. So I, I've got one that right I, that I, I've got one that I can share with you guys that I use and, and I, I teach this concept all around the world. It's a big part of my 313 concept where I help people formulate what they do in three sentences and then one sentence and ultimately three words. It's based on a premise that we all have problems, every single one of us, and we are all very selfish, every single one of us. Right. And nobody cares right. what anybody does. Like, if I ask you That's what why you Ryan's do, talking I'm prob- right now. <laughs> He's like, I'm doing <laughs> <in> the spotlight. <laughs> If, uh, if I ask you what you do, right, like I'm likely just going to wait till you're finished so I can tell you what I want out of the conversation, right? It's all about me, me, me. So a funny way to flip it on its head is if somebody asks you what you do, tell them it's not what I do that's important. It's the problem that I solve. And then if you Ooh, stop like there, they're going to they're gonna ask you, well, what problem do you solve? And now you're, you're into a beginning of a conversation and they're starting to ask you questions a little bit deeper because the concept is I don't care what you do. I only care about the problem that you solve. And if you solve a problem that I have or my friends or family or somebody that I care about, then I'm interested. So that's that's kind of funny. And it definitely breaks the frame. Somebody's like, well, Ryan, what do you do? Uh, It's not really what I do that's important. Huh? It's the problem that I solve. That's why I get up every day. Well, what's the problem? The biggest problem that entrepreneurs have. Well, what is it? So you're, you're getting people to engage in conversation through questions before even telling them what you do. And it's not what you do that's important. I think it's the problem that you solve. Right, and particularly more specifically, the problem you solve for them, right? Yeah, so what problem do you solve, sir? I help people overcome their business challenges. 
Okay, so I'm going to be a little tough love here because you, you told me what okay. you do, not a problem. And people always jump into that, right? If I say, what is the problem that you solve? Yeah. But I'll add on oh, without telling me, me what you, you do. Got you got so me. So without, without telling me what you do, tell me the problem mm-hmm. you solve. And it's just the, the derivative or the rate of change or the, the, the denominator of whatever your solution is. So like reverse engineer it. Okay, that's, 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 I like that. I like that. So we, we, can, we can try it again here real quick. So what is the problem that you solve? And we'll assume that you say... Take two. Take two. Ready? And so what is the problem that you solve? I help. Let me do one based off oh. this video I'm watching. There's not enough chocolate chip cookie... Or there's not a lot... Not, the problem is there's not enough chocolate chips and cookies. So the solution this company mm. has is they put the most amount of chocolate chips in a cookie possible. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's interesting. I'm actually more interested in that cookie than any other cookie at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm old. Where can I get it? It's in New York. <laughs> so, it's in New York. Hold on, hold on. Let's, uh, let's go back to this. Let's go back to, chocolate. Let's go back to Brent and his, and his phase and his uh, take two here. So um, let's real quick, what are, like, if I were to talk to your clients... And I said, what mm-hmm. problems do you not have anymore after working with him? What are some of the things that they would talk about? Time management. I, I, you know, they often struggle with how to manage it all. So that's one of the things I help them give them structure to their day. So that's number one. Uh, they, I, I help people learn to say no to all the things in their lives that are distractions. And so focus uh, would be something that I think most people would come out and say, I understand now what's important. So here's cool. what's also interesting so about So here's a problem. Here, here's okay, one go problem. Back. So I help people are entrepreneurs have this problem that they don't have enough time in the day and it's causing them to just spiral out of control because they don't know where to focus their energy onto what task or what task because it's just crushing them and burning down their entire lives. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, now, now if, if you said that that was the problem, you could actually then follow up with a question saying, so do you ask the person you're talking with to get them to admit that it's a problem outside of themselves. And you can say, you know, do you think that this is a problem? Not with you, but just like in general. Do people have a hard time with time management and focus? And they're going to go, yes. Then you can say, well, is this something that you personally have an issue with? Like, do you Probably. have a hard time focusing? Right. Is your whole life burning apart? Is your, it, are you stressed out because you don't know where to put your time correctly? And if they say yes, you can then say, well, are you looking, are you actively trying to solve the problem? Like, just curious. And if they say yes, you can be like, well, cool. I can totally help you out. You haven't even told them what you do, and you've got them ready to buy your service. It's crazy. I like it. That is crazy. <laughs> it's kind I of fun. I love it. Well, hey, here's my I problem, guys, is that I have, I have a, an appointment that I can't miss, a face-to-face meeting, but I'm glad I was able to jump on for this first half of the call to throw some problems into the air and get everybody thinking a little bit differently. But, uh, you know, I think now you're going to deal with the real problem of what you're going to talk about for the rest of the show, and that's worth solving. <laughs> Yes. All right. So what's your biggest problem, Rhett? My biggest problem is how to, you know, take the stuff that I write, how to put that out there to a bigger audience, how to grow that influence, 
and I know I've come to the right place for, for that help. Hmm. So you really, so you you got a you little spark I, going, and you want to turn it into a huge fire. And your biggest problem is figuring out how to find the matches and how to find the twigs to really go in there and just toss it all on fire and burn down the forest. Yeah, you know, and and also I think to um, my sense in my thought is is that you know I'm, I, I, let's say that you know there are coaches all over the the coaching industries. They're, they're a dime a dozen, right? And so how do I stick out and how do I message what I'm doing and how I can help people? How can I more effectively do that so that I have, you know, I have great platforms. I'm, uh, as you, as you know, I've got an opportunity to write for Inc. and, and, and uh, Success and CNBC. You know, how do I maximize what I'm doing on those big platforms and, and get a bigger audience, more credibility, uh, more leads, more leads? And how do I convert those leads uh, from those publications and from that to, to, to better my business? Well, one of the things that you have that a lot of people don't is you have the assets that really help launch you into success. I mean, like when I first started out, all I had was a BlackBerry phone. And an internet connection. So you have a lot more than I do. <laughs> or yeah. have a lot more than I did when I first started out. But hey, guess what? It doesn't matter where you start. You can just have the BlackBerry and the internet connection. Or you can have these assets already and still have trouble really figuring it out. I mean, for me, I kind of got lucky because I tried every single thing that didn't work just to figure out what did. Uh, one of the things that I realized as time progressed is the key to really going out there and making a difference is providing people with what they want. Like, what kind of solutions are you providing for them? What kind of problems do they have that you can predict that they have? Like, think about your coaching clients. You probably could break down every single problem that they have, right? Absolutely, yeah. Like, one of them was that time management thing, right? That's the biggest one. That's one of the biggest yeah. And another one was focus. Now, uh, let's focus. use one of those topics, for example. Let's say focus, right? Let's mm-hmm. say, for example, you go out there and you provide every single thing that you know about focus for free onto the internet, right? Right. Is that going to cause you to lose clients or gain clients? I think I could provide as much of that content as they wanted at the same time it's it's the implementation of that, right? And so yeah. it, it, whether you, you read the post and you, then, I mean, it doesn't necessarily help you implement it. It doesn't give you a strategy for implementation. It doesn't change a bad habit. And so that's where the coaches really come in, I think, or, or where I can come in and help sort of put that pressure, that added pressure, that talk you through some of the, the challenges to implementation um, I think that's where the, 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 the personal meetings and the face-to-face meetings and the, where the follow-up, that's where the follow-up and the action comes. That's the challenge. Yeah, like I would think about it like this. Let's say there's mechanics out there, right? And right. there's repair guides on how to fix your car. And these are like 5,000 pages long. Detailed guides on exactly how to repair every single potential thing that could go wrong in your, with your vehicle, Right. Right, right. The information's out there. You can read it. You can figure out how to fix it. And if your budget's not high enough, you go and fix it yourself. But if you have the budget, guess what? You go to the professional to get it fixed, right? Right. 
Absolutely. And a lot of people, what they're scared of is they're like, if I put all my insider secrets out there onto the web, if I put all my insights that I've learned throughout the years out there, people are just going to take it and they're not going to come to me for business. But just like the mechanics students business, you would too. Right. I agree with you. I mean, I, you know, we were early in on the, the crowdfunding stuff and I, mm-hmm. my, my whole philosophy has always been just put it out there. Right. What's the harm? I mean, nobody's going to steal. Nobody's going to do your stuff as good as you can do it. So what's the harm in putting it out there? I, I totally agree. And I think what I like about your content uh, is that it's genuine. And I don't know if you think that that's had, you know, what's the balance between sort of promotional for what you do and the sort of the genuine stuff? Because I think there's, you've got to find a balance, too, because you see a lot of content out there that's really about selling. You know, it's trying to hard sell or, the, you know, it's, 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 and you don't, I don't come away with that. I don't come off very, uh, it didn't come off very genuine. So, I think everything that that you create, I think everything you create should be genuine, at least if it's not genuine about who you are, it's genuine about your uh, passion for teaching others how to do what you do. Right. Okay. So as long as it's genuine that way, like it should, like we we know what a sales page looks like versus an article. They're written in two completely different styles. The sales page is you're going to get this, 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 this. What this isn't, what this is, and you're going to get it now, right? Right. Then an article, it kind of takes a whole different approach where it's talking about why these concepts are important. I mean, if you really want to establish thought leadership as the ultimate time management coach, then what I would really do is maybe first you structure out how you lay out your days. Maybe you start with a story like that. Like, this is how I lay out my day. Then what you do is you go back to that story of how you lay out your day. So this is how a client lays out their day. And then you edit those two pieces together, right? Then what you do is you tie in the things that you learned from why you manage your uh, day this way as opposed to why your client manages it that way and tie those lessons into each section. Let's say it's a top 10 list, like top 10 ways to manage your time. You have your own personal example. You have how it's working for you. You have your client and how it wasn't working for them. You have what you learned. Then you can add to the next section what you taught your client. So now you have four different things. And if you want to make it even stronger, you could go find some research that backs up these time management tips and tie that in too, because then it's not just you and your client making it. You have research to back it as well. Right, right. And then when you have a strong piece like that, guess what? People are like, wow, this is something I'm willing to share. And when they go and share it, then more people read it. And when more people read it, more people want to know who you are. And when more people want to know who you are, you're ultimately getting more clients. Well, and that's because they buy with it, right? It's it's they see, I mean, they look out the way you you look at they look at the way I've laid out the client day that I from experience see time and time again. And they say that's me, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think that that's that's the hook, right? That's what that's what gets the attention because yeah, that's what draws them in. We right, that's what we were saying earlier about you know nobody really cares about what you do, right? Um, they, they, but they, if they see a reflection in what you're talking about or a problem that they're having in what you're talking about, then that's what gets the attention, right? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and when you have your content laid out that way, like a lot of people want to get to know you too. So when you're talking about yourself, 
Uh, maybe you're talking about uh, the time that you go fishing or the time that you go to a show or the time that you're traveling to New York on the subway. They're looking for things that they can relate to you with. And the more things that they can relate to you on, the more that they like you, the more that they like you, the higher the chances of hiring you. Because, like, in person, I could be like, hey, Rhett, what do you like to do for fun? Then you can tell me. And I'll be like, oh, I like to do that, too. But online, you don't get to ask those questions. You have to flip around, and you have to talk about the things you like. So other people who have commonalities will be like, you know what, I like that, too. And then you can build those synergies and those, um, <laughs> those affinities with each other online as opposed to the other way around. You know, I, mean, I think that that's, that's got to be part of any sort of, content strategy, right? I mean, you've got to have some of that personal stuff, right? Of who yeah. you are. But so many people miss that. They just go out there and they start talking about their expertise. Then you heard of the story of the person who's like perfect, gets up there and gets in the war and everyone's like, yeah. Who cares? Then you hear the person who like trips over themselves when they're getting their award and like, haha, I like that person more. <laughs> you have to put your vulnerabilities <laughs> into there because it makes you more likable. <laughs> right. When you, you curate, people curate their, their personal stories and their lives out of their content. And I think that's one of the things that you do pretty effectively, right? Is it that you make it, you make it real, right? Yeah. You're a real person with a real story, with a real backstory right and that that's what makes it interesting that's what gets your attention you know and and then it just opens up the door I think for people like you said I mean if they can relate to you in some way say I like you if you get somebody saying that they like you then they're probably going to do business with you oh yeah it's like really life changing if you really think about it how many people just because they like you they do business with you you don't have to be the best you don't have to be amazing at your craft as long as people like you they want to do business with you and we'll go off to a commercial break you can always find Brett Power at RettPower.com or on Twitter at RettPower and you can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim and we'll talk to you guys soon Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. 
Would you like to make more money, help more people, and have more fun? Tune in to Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery Show because you'll discover the money, mindset, and marketing skills that will help you create the abundant lifestyle you desire. As an international keynote speaker, best-selling author, and thought leader, Noah helps business owners increase their income, influence, and impact. So tune in to Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery Show live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. So now we're back once again, and this is Leonard Kim, and I'm with Rep Power. And what we're going to be going over in this section is just how Rep went out there and marketed his book like crazy. So his books hit the front uh, front of the shelves in the bookstores. They went out there and were sold online. And pretty much just tell us your story about that book journey. Well, it was, it was a lot of fun, and and, you know, I don't know that I did it. Uh, the easiest way, but um, I did it the way that I knew how to do it. And um, so, you know, I, I, uh, I was real lucky. I, you know, I've been writing for ink for, for a while. And so I had this idea for the book and, and I shot off a letter that I wrote to a bunch of book agents. And I, and I actually wanted to go with a big publisher I'd written a, I'd, I'd already done a self-published book with my business partner, and we did that back in 2015. And so this book, I wanted to go the big publisher route to see 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 what that experience was like. And so, you know, I went the kind of sort of the conventional way. I got an agent. Uh, I fired off a bunch of letters and phone calls to to agents in New York, and and uh, finally got this young hungry agent that said, "I love the concept." Um, let's see if we can put a, a deck together or a book proposal together um, and, you know, shop this around. And, and within a couple of days, you know, we were in, our, in conversations with McGraw-Hill and we, we nailed that down. So, so, you know, once the book got written and published and I got, you know, they did give me an advance and so we secured all of that stuff. And the reason that happened, I'll, I'll tell you this, the reason that happened, and this goes to, sort of the, the focus on building your, your thought leadership and your platform is that never would have happened if I didn't have the social media following that I have. And it would never have happened if I wasn't writing content on a regular basis. Um, and those are the two things that, that sealed that deal for me. Um, and, and the third, I think, would probably be the story that I have, the business story that we have. So those three things were really essential in sort of landing that contract. Um, but I wanted to go the big publisher route because I felt like it gave it a measure of credibility and, and I'm sort of, uh, I, I'm, I was sort of asking for the punishment. I knew it would be uh, a much harder process than I went through before, but I thought it would be interesting to see what that process was. And so, you know, we, we really just, after that, we got the book, the book had a, a scheduled date to come out 
you know, we started sending letters to all kinds of media. We sent uh, pitch letters to people to endorse the book, and I was able to get uh, six or seven people to endorse the book. We sent pre-copies, galley copies is what they call it, to to these sort of influencers in, in the coaching and in and, and that side of the business and got people like Marshall Goldsmith and <clears throat> Mark Thompson and these other people to endorse the book and, and, and help support it, you know, on social media. And so after that, really all I did was book event after event. I did local radio, which helps. I did, I'd sit up in the mornings and I'd probably do two or three radio stations a morning for the first few weeks the book was out. And it was amazing how an e-copy of the book and a letter uh, to, and I, I bought this list of radio station morning shows and talk shows, and I sent personalized letters out and these like really colorful envelopes to all the stations. So I had these big red envelopes and I uh, sent like excerpts of the book and uh, sent like this, this sort of really funny letter to all the morning show people and talk show people. And I think I got on like 70 shows around the country in, in major markets wow. and only sent it to and only sent it to major markets. So, um, so yeah. And so I would be booked, I'd get booked on like six or seven, or eight minutes on a morning drive show or a talk show, you know, during the day. And I, and that really did help drive sales. Um, and I also brought it back every time I promoted on one of those sh- radio shows, I would say, hey, go over to the local Barnes & Noble and ask for the book. And so that actually got Barnes & Noble to start carrying the book. And they carried, they carried the book, they still carry the book all over the country. I was able to do that because I, was, I would let Barnes & Noble know that I was, you know, was going to be on a show in their market. I would send a, 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 an email message to the store manager. Or they, uh-huh. they have like this community manager in the store. And so that was one way we did it. Also, I booked every speaking gig I could possibly get uh, in, the, in, in, in big markets. And every time I was in town to sell a book, I would also go to the local Barnes & Noble store and, and sit there for a couple hours and talk to people about the book who were just running. I would accost people. I would, I would say, hey, you're looking for business books? Let me show you mine. <laughs> and, um, and I would sit there and I would sign copies of it, you know, while I was in the store. Uh, the other thing that we did, it was like with all those speaking engagements, I, I, instead of taking a fee for those engagements, I would just say, Hey, look, buy 20 books or 50 books or whatever the size audience was instead of my speaking fee, uh, you know, just buy these books and buy them from either Barnes & Noble or Amazon or from CE, 800 CEO Reads, which is another big business book publication or dis- distributor. And so those then would get reported to, you know, the, the reporting uh, mechanism for, for books. And so that's how it was. It was just a lot of work. It was a lot of shoe leather. You know, you get out and you go see store managers and say, hey, um, can I do a book signing in your store? You know, and, and, you know, you sit there and you, you talk to people about the book and you sell them on the book. And you might sell three or four or five books, but you know what? We would take pictures with all those people and those people would, you know, say, hey, I met this author today. And then they would post it on their Facebook page or social media page. And so it's sort of this all kind of feeds in, into that, into, you know, how, how I did it. Nice. How many copies do you think you've sold since you released it? 
I'd say probably seven to ten thousand. I guess. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, right now. What do you think? So it's been out for about like a year, right? No, six, eight, eight months. Yeah. What, oh, no, wow. Ten months. Ten months. Ten months. Yeah. Wow, you're doing better than the average, then, aren't you? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think it's, uh, we've met, you know, we've, we've met the, some of the goals and it's probably, uh, probably sold more than that actually, but, you know, we've met the goals of, we wanted to be with it. Uh, you know, you're never going to make a lot of money from the book. I, I never intended, you know, unless you sell millions of copies, you're not, you're not really looking at making money from the book, but it has and does open doors every day. And, it, you know, this gives you that level of credibility, um, and, and I looked at it as a challenge. It was a challenge to sort of uh, write uh, a book, and, and not only just a book, but to write something that's helpful to people um, based on your experience. And, and that was that's why I did it, because I felt like there are a lot of people out there like me that, that could use the help. And if, if I can help somebody avoid the mistakes uh, that are inherent in trying to do a business, if I can help somebody avoid just one or two of those mistakes, that's that's the end of the day. That's great. But from a personal branding you know, standpoint, it, it's a credibility thing and it does help you, I think, or it can help yeah. you if you do it right. You, you, you published a book and you've been going out there for about 10 months after it's been launched. Like what, what has it changed in your life? Uh, I don't know that it's changed anything in my life. I mean, I think uh, I certainly could continue doing what I'm doing with, without it. Um, but you know, I, I give every client a copy of it and we go through some of the exercises in the book. Uh, it, it helps, you know, what the book did, it, it kind of helped congeal and sort of form the basis of what I'm doing in my coaching practice. Uh, so it has helped me organize my thoughts more than anything, helps me sort of organize myself and, and give my work sort of a process, I guess. Nice, because you had to make a process for the book. It kind of like ultimately fell into your coaching practice too. Right, right. Nice. That's pretty solid. Do you think um, yeah. it helped you like increase your rates or anything as well? You know, I don't know that it did that, but I, I, uh, I think it certainly – you know, you have a big platform. You know how all of that impacts your ability to get business. I, I wouldn't say it has hurt. It certainly probably helped. I mean, I think when, again, with the number of people in this industry, how do you stand out? You know, when there are thousands and thousands of coaches, right? And everybody's yeah. marketing themselves as a coach. How do you get that, just that little more ounce of credibility or visibility or than, than your competition? And, and that's, that's what I would say it does. It, it, you know, if somebody's got two or three people that they're looking at, you know, it, the stuff that you put out there with your thought leadership and your content, you know, whatever platforms you're on, people look at to make a decision about whether or not they're going to do business with you. And I think that's where it helps. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's in that sense given, you know, to sort of raise the credibility of what I was doing. Yeah, I, I think it definitely all helps and puts everything into perspective, especially if you have your book on one side, you have articles on another side, you have social media followers on another, 
you have verified profiles. I mean, it just gives you that ultimate sense of credibility where, uh, I mean, if I'm trying to hire someone, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to poke holes into what they have going on, right? Yeah, no, and, and you know what else it does? It's, it's sort of like, let's never forget about ourselves, like, right? It, it's actually a, a nice sense of accomplishment. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's, it's like, okay, I can do this. I, oh, I did that. And it's out there. It's, it's like, um, I remember, I'll tell you, the, it's sort of like this. I, I remember the first time I went into like a Toys R Us and I saw a product that we made, right? A product that we, um, that we had dreamed up on a bar napkin over lots of beer. And you see that <laughs> from a bar napkin to, to, you know, to, to something on the shelf, right? And that's a pretty satisfying, it's pretty satisfying. And, and I think we all need those things, right? We need those to believe in ourselves and to, uh, to do what we do every day and to get out of bed in the morning. Like, we need those wins. Uh, it's like a win, right? We need those, yeah, those things that, uh, they're, they're great for confidence. It's a great confidence booster. Yeah, I saw an amazing talk the other week. It was with a Navy SEAL, and he was like, the first thing you should do every morning is make your bed because you'll have one accomplishment, and I'll lead to another and another and another. <laughs> and next thing you know, you're changing the entire world. I'm like, I don't make my bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a stretch, but anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, I don't make my bed. I barely even get out of bed. I don't know if I can follow this advice, but it's really inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that works for you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I do really appreciate having you on the show. I mean, if anyone's out there and they want to check out the book, I suggest going to brettpower.com so you can get more information about that book. If you have habits that you might not have that are healthy, you can replace them with the entrepreneur's habits, which are healthy. And they'll help you take action, go out there, create massive success for yourself, or at least avoid the things that you were doing that were wrong. Uh, Brett, you can always find him at redpower.com or at redpower on Twitter. Is it the same on uh, Facebook and LinkedIn and all the other places? It is. It is indeed. Cool. Red Power. Very easy to find. And you can always find me at LeonardKim.com. I'm hanging out on Twitter doing nothing most of the time at Mr. Leonard Kim. You can see my most really recent funny tweet. Post. Really, really <laughs> funny post, by the way. You can see my most recent tweet, how I um, borrow my net, uh, Netflix account from my friend's um, sister's ex-husband. <laughs> 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 Well, we really do appreciate having you tune in. Uh, tune in next week for something special. There will be a replay up soon. And thank you so much for joining us today at Grow Your Influence Tree. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.